You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. of the Big Red Van. Who is it? The middle segment of the show where the guys bring in a variety of guests from all over the country. Tonight we head to Hollywood, California to catch up with up-and-coming actor and CEO of Nicely Made Media, Mr. Carson Nicely. As a photographer, he explains a few nuances to casting strategies and ways an actor can help their chances in landing a role simply with a strong headshot. With Carson having a show on Discovery ID in November and a feature film this spring, let's hear what the guys had to talk about. This is the Big Red Van. This is going to be a very, very fun Who Is It. We're going all the way out to Hollywood, California. We're bringing in actually somebody from Hayden's past. Every one of our guests that we've had in so far has been somebody that we've known, correct? Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it's been somebody that's been in some way, shape, or form involved in our past, either a friend or someone like that. And we are lucky enough to catch up with Mr. Carson Nicely, full-time actor, owner of a photography company out in California. You can see him on YouTube. Carson Nicely, thank you so much for joining us, buddy. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. How's your day going? Uh, it's been a good one so far. It's nice when you don't have to work on a weekday. <laughs> so, yeah. It is. And I got to sleep in. Mm, it was a good day. That sounds like a good day. Carson, you're ready to go, buddy, right? Let's do it. Let's do this. All right, sweet. So, since you're an actor, I'd like to know what the weirdest thing you've auditioned for is. Oh, this is easy. This happened <laughs> This happened a couple weeks ago. So, if, I don't know if you guys are all familiar, so I'll kind of go through the whole process. Um, there's these casting websites, and the breakdowns go onto them, and then your agent gets them. They look through, they submit you, and then if the casting director kind of likes your vibe, they'll, uh, they'll send you an audition through your agent, then your agent passes it on to you, and then you have to film a self-tape or you have to go in in person. So, I get this breakdown in my email, and I'm like, okay, great, got a little audition to do, and it says, uh, oh, it's, it's going to be for commercial. So, I was like, all right, a little commercial copy, perfect. They were like, do some improv. I was like, great news, love improv, nice and fair, do a lot of uh, improv and sketch comedy, so we're on track. And then they say, what we want to see is you and another person, doesn't matter the sex, but we just need to see you tickling each other. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that's um, that's a little weird. Let's uh, yeah, you know what, you know, let's, that's fine. And they were like, and be, to be very specific, uh, we're gonna need to see a full body shot to start. But then after that, really, it's just it's about the feet. We just need to see oh. kind of your reactions about how you're gonna be tickled for thirty to ninety seconds um, on your feet by another person. And through this whole time, you can improv pretty much whatever you want and uh just get that tape back to us at no shorter than three minutes and so i'm thinking like all right this is super creepy that's a long tickle session right that's okay so like i is my childhood my brothers used to hold me down and tickle me till i cried and that felt like an eternity what was that probably 30 seconds so i'm thinking three three to five minutes of tickling (laughs) and so but you know what hey i'm an actor i like to i like to try to take every audition in stride so i was like you know what let's do it so i got uh, i got my girlfriend to help out miranda param and i was like uh you know what, let's let's do this so we put together a video um that actually you know it had to kind of make sense so in 
Oh, oh, I forgot the most important detail. They wanted to see a full suplex, uh, or, or I'm sorry, a, uh, a leg bar and, and into an arm bar. That's how you were going to tickle them for three minutes. And so it's like what? there was like choreographing that we had to do. I'm not joking. I can I can send you guys the video, and it's just it's rid- so we did it. I would love that video. It's okay, okay well, but here's I will- the thing. It's a weird video because we're just tickling each other on our feet for three to five minutes while having all this improv about like. And then, you know, in the in the audition, we're saying like, oh, you're not going to like do these chores. And it's it was weird, guys. Um, And I I say this is all a little bit odd because, you know, I was thinking there's only one reason somebody's doing this. And that's to put this onto a foot fetish website because there's no no other reason that you would need something like this. And then so, you know, I thought it was so hilarious. So I posted like a clip of it on my Instagram of like getting tickled. What do you know? Two weeks later, I got – I was like, oh, somebody reposted something of mine. And it was like Barefoot Blog Boys or something like that. Oh, no. And it's an entire blog just dedicated to reblogging Barefoot Boys. And uh, what do you know? They made a little slideshow on my feet. <laughs> Man. <laughs> never felt never felt more honored. So, uh, Oh, no. But you said – That's what you get. You said I'm an actor. So, you know, I'm going to take this one in stride. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. This is a uh, you know day in the life. It's uh, nothing unusual here. I'm so glad you didn't answer that question with like a oh this janitor role or something that was awkward. That was yeah. Perfect. No one likes that. Oh man. <laughs> so let me segue to what kind of role do you want the most? Then obviously not a tickling of your feet. But no. What, what would I, you fit know what? you I'm the gonna, best? I'm gonna let someone else take the tickling roles. Um, it's just not my forte. Um, to be fair, what I would like to play the most and what I will play the most in my early career will be different because um, what I'd like to play the most is like a serial killer. I think it would be so much fun, kind of like um, just a crazy, insane person who just goes around murdering uh, everyone, but has like this insanely happy outside shell. Like, I think that would be so much fun. I could see uh, you being a Dexter 2.0, having watched some Oh, of man, videos. yeah, something like Dexter would be just incredible. I mean, all those all those kind of shows, they're so much fun to watch because you really like the character. You're like, I love this guy, but then they're going to murdering people, and you're like, oh, let's just not worry about it. He's so likable. It's great. <laughs> but unfortunately, for the first part of my career, what I've been getting cast as is, uh, and it's not bad. It's all great. It's all fun work, but it's, you know, the it's a couple things. It's the lovable boyfriend, which is fine, and then the all-American jock piece of shit, which is <laughs> funny, but it's like, oh, cool, what's up, man? I'm a quarterback. And then there's there's now, just now. The, hey, weren't you? Uh, you were in like a Kings of Leon music video, right? I was, yeah. I've been in a bunch of uh, different videos, but Kings of Leon was actually my very first music video, and I was oh, the yeah. lead of that. Wow. Yeah, you um, played the jock, right? You were the jock. I did the pitcher. <laughs> I was the pitcher. That's correct. <laughs> oh, but yeah, and that's so that's you know right off the bat of my career, you know, started getting stuff for that, and then the uh, the one that's more fun to play out of all these uh, in the beginning, it's it's just the pure arrogant waspy asshole. It's like he's got a polo on and khakis, and you can't be part of his club. <laughs> right. And and that guy's he's hilarious to play, but everyone's like, you do that really well, and I'm like, guys, I promise, I'm not I'm not that person. I, <laughs> I that's not who I am. <laughs> So that kind of let's rewind just a little bit. So what were you like in high school? You're from the Knoxville area, right? Did you go to Bearden? Is that correct? I did. So I, yeah, I went to Bearden High School. From and Knoxville, what were you like at Bearden in high school? Oh man, that's a that's an interesting question to ask. I don't I don't know what I was like from the outside, but what I perceived myself to be, I just like to have fun, and that didn't really go into one certain like circle of people. 
Um, I was the captain of my swim team, so I was friends with a lot of different athletes and things like that. But I also played a cello in orchestra, so I had that whole subset of friends as well. But then I was super interested um, with all the technology stuff that was happening. So I had a ton of like awesome nerd friends that taught me all this incredible stuff, and I became obsessed with that. But then I also played paintball on the side, so I was like super outdoorsy and traveling and partying with all those uh, friends, which is actually how I met Hayden. And so I, in high school, I feel like I was just a little bit of everything. I, I truly, if if something was fun, I wanted to be part of it. And that's basically the bottom line. When did you decide that you were moving to California? Oh, man, what a what a journey. So from high school, I went to uh, college in Florida. And then after college, I moved to Nashville. And that's where I started acting. And I was in music videos. And I did 25 music videos as the male lead there and some commercials. And then I moved to Dallas to work the commercial market as an actor. And I did about 10 national commercials there. And I started to get into independent films. And then from there, I lived there for two years. And then in, from Dallas, I moved to Los Angeles. And I've lived here now for three years. And I've been really involved with uh, TV um, and feature films and some indie films as well while I've been here. So it's been kind of a little bit of a, of a journey to get out here. That's exciting, man. It's, uh, it's wild. I, if you asked me 10 years ago if I'd be living in L.A., I'd be like, absolutely not. What would I be doing there? <laughs> um, so, you know, I want to ask some questions about Nice and Fair because I love Nice and Fair. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so so how'd you meet Jordan? Oh, man. So this is a great story. <laughs> Jordan is from Oklahoma. And when I was living in Dallas, uh, a lot of the big castings would be held in Dallas. So Jordan would drive in. Uh, to the castings and we play the exact same type uh, on screen so every time we'd pop up at an audition you know and it's got quiet and when you walk into an audition the audition room's quiet so you always kind of look around you're like okay who's here and then every time i'd see this ah, beautiful mother oh and every i just look at him i'd be like jordan's here whatever man not a big deal whatever no, no it's cool and so we'd give him you know it's a little head nod across the waiting room you're like what's up so, you know, we did that, but we went to so many auditions for the first, like, I don't know, 10 times I saw him, it was just a little head nod, and then finally, and this is my favorite, we went to a rooms-to-go audition, and they were like, okay, we're going to put you guys in pairs, and it's going to be super easy. We're just going to have you guys come in the room, we're going to have a little improv scenario for you, there's no lines you need to memorize, we're just, we just want to see how you act. And they go, okay, we're going to pair uh, Robert and Bailey, and then we got, uh, who's here, uh, Carson Nicely and Jordan Ferris, and we just stared at each other, and we were like, oh, shit today's the day <laughs> and so so obviously you know they give you a little time to talk to your uh, audition mate so you walked over it was like what's up man he was like what's up you know big strong handshake and we're like yeah cool all right great so let's uh, let's do this go in the room and they were like okay super simple we're just going to be rearranging our college dorm room with some rooms to go furniture uh that's it you know keep it light keep it casual and uh she goes action and uh jordan just stares at the camera and i'm like hey man do you like that sofa and he's like jordan ferris and i'm like what are you what are you talking about, man? We're just moving. For he bombed the audition. <laughs> just absolutely terrible. He, he thought they were supposed to be slating while we were actually in the scene. And it just went very poorly for him. I ended up booking it. And I still make fun of him to this day for that audition. It's <laughs> hilarious. And after that, there was no way you could be like intimidated because we were just we were like that was hilarious, man. Now we're friends. And and then from then on, we had a a great friendship and rivalry still of, of roles. And actually, the next big role that I wanted, he ended up getting into flown to London to do a web series, and it was just awesome. So I mean, he's had his wins, and I've had my wins. But that's how we ended up uh, actually meeting. And then uh, I moved to LA, and I needed a roommate, and so I decided, you know, he was coming out here, so I reached out to him and now we live in a house full of uh, five actors and that's how we started uh, nice and fair just we wanted to start creating stuff 
Wow. So can you expand a little bit on exactly what Nice and Fair is? Sure. Nice and Fair is a sketch comedy channel where Jordan, Ferris, and I uh, come up with just ridiculous premises. I'd say half of them are puns. Like, they're not highbrow comedy. You're not, not like, <laughs> need to explain the joke here. Um, it's very quick. They're usually under a minute. But, you know, it's just stuff that we like to put out there because we get bored waiting for auditions and waiting for things that so we like to make our own content. And it's stuff that makes us laugh. It definitely is a lot of, like, guy humor and just ridiculous bro kind of stuff but um we, we find it funny and to be fair that's kind of what we started out to we're like we don't care if we have 10 people watching because we are laughing at this so hard and we find it hilarious and if anyone else does even five other people laugh that's great for us dude that's perfect that's exactly how like we that. felt about this podcast we don't care if we have five people listen we love it. We have fun with it. We think it's right? fun. You know, so That's we're going to That's the whole keep thing, man. It, so. Just do stuff you like to do, and then hopefully you get a following from that. But if not, you're still happy, and that's kind of all that matters. So, dude, I got to know this. I, the handshake sketch. Where did that yes. I, Where did that one come from? Did you guys just – did that just happen out of the middle of nowhere where it happened to you guys, and you're just like, we're doing a sketch about that? Or was it like a carefully <laughs> planned out one? That was – it started as a small idea, and then the only thing with the handshake sketch, there was a lot of, like, extras and a lot of people that we were using, so we, we had to do that one more planned out. A lot of the sketches you'll see, we have a, a very loose idea, and honestly, we're – so bad sometimes jordan and i will start to film a sketch without knowing the ending and we're like you know what? we'll figure it out along the way we got this we'll, you know we'll put it together but that one was definitely more uh, scripted for the whole time but I, th I feel like it's happened to me before like i've met an ex uh and she has like a new boyfriend and i feel like it's just happened to me in the past and it's, obviously all these are so exaggerated but right. like it's always those things you're thinking you're like oh my gosh like look at this guy like you're always hoping he's not like not good looking not taller than you not better than anything you just want him to be a troll right. and then every time you're always like oh my god his hands are twice this i wonder no stop it don't <laughs> you think that it's not fair to you and so you just kind of go through all these things but yeah that was that was one of our favorites to film too because every single person in that video is one of our friends and the way we get people to come out we're like look um we're gonna film a sketch and then we'll all drink and then we'll film a sketch and we'll all drink so we all just will drink and film sketches all day and we'll pay for everything if you guys want to come and they're like let's do it that is incredible dude i saw that one and i was like that looked like it was hilarious and it just probably come up at the spur of the moment and we're like we got to plan this out i i thought that was hilarious yeah. i had to ask you about that one hey. i appreciate it hey carson so hey. um scrolling through your instagram made me curious do you what what makes a good headshot what how do you do that yeah so there's a lot of things that make a good headshot. Uh, first of all, it's to be specific about what kind of headshot you want. So a lot of people will come in and they're like, oh yeah, I just need a headshot. And then I'll kind of ask them, like, well, what is it for? And they'll kind of be like, you know, for acting. Um, but what a lot of people don't realize um, is that even in, you know, acting is great. That's one set of uh, specifications, but can it be a theatrical shot? Is it a comedy shot? Do you need a character shot to look like, you know, a cop? I mean, casting directors have a very limited sense of imagination. Mm. So if you're auditioning for a cop, if you can show them you in a cop uniform, that's going to be the best because they don't need to try to imagine of, hey, I wonder if this guy could grow a beard, cut his hair short, put a cop uniform on and then look, you know, re relatable. And, or any believable or anything. Um, so that's the first set is being very specific about what kind of shot you want. Um, after that, I think the importance of the eyes. Um, the first thing that you should be drawn to, I feel, and it's my opinion, is the eyes in a photo. Um, you'll see a lot of mm -hmm. photos and they can be really well lit. They can be, you know, really crisp. They can be shot with a really great camera and lens, but you just see this like deadness 
in their eyes and you're kind of like what was happening there at that session i can only imagine yeah it was two people staring at each other in complete silence and he goes move your head left move your head left great stop <laughs> great we got it and you're like it's okay, like those thanks it's like those high school portrait photos or elementary yeah. school yeah i know what you're talking about yeah but and so i think those are the two biggest things that i kind of try to stress i mean i mean obviously equality is is very important so like i shoot with all top pro level gear and you know the quality and the crispness of the photo and making sure it's not over edited or under edited you know you just want to make yeah. it look realistic you know you just you need some life behind your eyes you need to have something that draws them in and is also pertinent to the character that you're applying for so if you're applying to be a serial killer that's truly dark and broody and stuff you can't have like a bright headshot with a yellow polo on and be smiling because once again those casting directors aren't going to have the imagination to be like i bet this guy could frown no they're just gonna be like not today this guy's a polo player and that that's it. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a polo player. Oh. Okay. So then, for Instagram, or I guess it used to be Vine, and now mm-hmm. YouTube as well. Do you feel like that's changed the game for people who are trying to get into the acting career? I mean, you have your own YouTube channels. You have a well put together Instagram page that plenty <laughs> of people can see. Do you, Do you feel like that's made it better for people finding you, or? what here's the thing it's it's made it different that's for sure there's more outlets now that people can produce their own content and be found by potentially someone that could put you in in something bigger with that being said there's new barriers now with that so going into a like a real life casting um you'll sign in and sometimes next to your name they say social media following question mark and they want you to write down a number then they're hoping obviously in the thousands of how many you know followers do you have and that plays into a lot of the casting decisions so Mm. there was a feature film that um i just uh was up for and they were you know we got down to the last session and they were like hey just real quick it's it's not a big deal at all but how many social you know social media people do you have and i was like I, you know, give or take 25, 30,000 through all my channels. And they were like, okay, that's, that's okay. Um, and I found out later I, I didn't get the lead role because there was a guy who had about 200,000 followers throughout his channels oh and he was a name. And so wow. it hurt because I was like, I went through seven auditions. I put all this together. And in my mind, I lost it because I didn't have a big enough following. Hmm. Now, granted, if I was on the other side of that coin, I would have been ecstatic. I would have been like, ha, he's a better actor, but I got more followers. I did it. You know, so like, I don't want to hate on the, on the process yeah. of it. Um, but it can be, you know, sour if you don't get that type of, uh, that following. And that's, you know, I think every actor is trying to build their following at least to a certain extent. Like if, I think if you have under like a thousand, like your agent literally will yell at you. They'll be like, you're not even a real person. And you're like, and some people though are like, I don't like Facebook. I don't like Instagram. And they'll get yelled at by their agent. They'll be like, well, I don't care. You're going to do it. Like you have to get above a thousand like just for the minimal thing of the thing i don't know it's crazy so with that being said sorry to come back around on the question i think it's great in in some terms of that you can put your own stuff out there you can blow up by doing your own things um but at the same time it's now limiting as well because if you know there's a new disney movie and they're like cool we're just gonna grab three of these old vine stars because combined they have 30 million fans and they know even if 1% of those people download the movie, they're already going to have their money back. I mean, as an executive, why would you not make that decision? But as an actor, you're thinking, I, I could do something they can't. And it's very difficult. Yeah, right. Hmm. That's one side of the fence I would have never even thought of, man. That's awesome. Wow. So, always always interesting. <laughs> I'm going to throw you a fun one. So um, All right. if we have to make your life into a movie, who do you want playing you? Ooh. Oh man, um, there's two. Do you wanna do you wanna see the younger version of me or the older version? 
Uh, let's take a little and go into both. I remember right, we talking so like Haley Joel Osmond type. Let me. Um, I'm, I'm so bad at. I don't know the younger kid's name. Um, he's on. Um, what's the What's the TV show? That's like the fairy tale. The fairy tale TV show. Oh, uh, Once Upon a Time. Is that what yeah. it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Once Upon a What's the What's the little kid in there that plays Peter Pan? Oh, I don't know. Oh, you're asking the wrong oh. van. I'm, I'm looking <laughs> him up right now. Um. Anyways, that kid is who would play little me, and old me would be James Marsden. Refresh us on who what he's in. Oh, James Marsden. Um, he's in Westworld. He's the um, he's the cowboy in Westworld that keeps dying. Oh, um, okay. That he's in love okay. with a girl. Okay. And then he was also in Once a uh, not One Upon a Time. Um, he was the prince in um, he was he was Cyclops. The next got it. Oh, in, yes. like, one of the first. Okay, so you're going oh. for appearance. You really look a lot like him. Jeez, right? Holy I shit! I had dinner next to him the other night, and it was terrifying. Dude, you could make reservations under his name and get away with it. <laughs> It was terrifying. I had dinner with my dad and my girlfriend, and we just I was just staring at him. And I was like, I don't like it. This feels weird. Holy shit. That's, <laughs> that's, that's close. Like, that's doppelganger right there. That's, yeah, that's... It's, it's very odd. Um, and so, he yeah, seems it's... to have a similar sense of humor like you do, yeah, too. Yeah, I was about so. to say the same thing. Yeah, apparently, and in, in what I love to hear, I've, a couple people were like, oh, you should have gone up and just said hey to him. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. And apparently he's a super nice guy, and it, he would have been fine. And I love to hear that because you hate hearing like, oh, dude, don't ever do that. That dude sucks. And you're like, <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I don't want to do that. <laughs> huh. Well, I'm a, I've got a serious question for you now, Carson. Uh, awesome. Left field, Tom Arnold or Tom Hardy? Ooh, uh, I'm going Tom Hardy. <laughs> that a boy. Mm. Do you have a favorite Tom Hardy movie? Because I do. Oh, what? what's yours? Legend. Have you ever seen it? Oh, man. Great. Oh, so good. That movie's amazing. Um, that movie made me want to go do research on the Cray twins and become a nerd about, you know, the <laughs> hold they had on the London underground scene back in the 60s. I mean, it's just wild. It's, I mean... What about The Revenant? It's, I mean, The Revenant, don't get me wrong, great. But I, I, Warrior, I, that's where I fell in love with it. Mm, that's that's the, Warrior fight, was the just, fighter movie, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, granted, as a guy, you're just like, you get pumped up watching it, and all of a sudden you're like out, outside in the backyard punching trees. Your friends <laughs> are like, hey, man, what's wrong with you? You're like, I'm just amped up. I just, I don't know, I gotta, I'm gotta. i going to be a boxer. And they're like, no, you're not. you got to stop. <laughs> you're like, don't be that guy. Hey, yeah. what, so what's your favorite Chappelle show sketch, since you're a sketch comedy guy? Oh, Chappelle show sketch? Um, I like I like <laughs> I like where he's the blind KKK guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It is so good. Like, I mean, obviously, don't get me wrong. Like the couch with um, Rick James. Uh, yeah, Rick James. Thank you. Where he's Charlie Murphy. Like, Fuck yo, couch and Charlie Murphy. I mean, those are great. But like the KKK, like the writing on that. Like, who, how did he come up with that idea? That's incredible. The blind white supremacist. <laughs> yeah, the blind white supremacist who's black wearing a hood, and then. And then, God, when he le- at the end, when he divorces his wife, because yes, <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. it's just—I mean, it's just Gene. You're like, how are you so talented? And in the like, times, only he could get away with that. I mean, it well, was... that's the thing. Like, yeah, I can't, I can't do sketches like that. Like, that's never going to work for me. That's not a thing. Like, no. hey, Jordan, let's do blackface. He's like, Jesus Christ, Car- no. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'm glad you reeled me in on that one. That's a super not good idea. <laughs> Yeah, you're not taking the player haters ball back to the slave right. plantation. Exactly. That's not that's not gonna be that's not gonna be my uh that's not gonna be my best. Oh man. So but, whenever you're trying to work on a character, is it 
do you like run do your real life in that character? Do you go to the no. Starbucks and order your drink as that character? Absolutely not. And I think those people are insane <laughs> and they should be stopped. No, I that's so that's like method acting and you know what good for good for them if like that's how they have to do it. But no. I that's not how I have to do it. That would be awful. Could you imagine me like just running around the streets of LA just being some of these psychotic people I've played? That's a <laughs> terrible idea. Um I mean, no, just short answer is like, you know, I mean, speak of the, like Tom Hardy, he is one of those people, so he does that. He's a he's a method actor, so it's kind of like, oh, like some, you know, really 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 talented people are like that. And I think there's good things to it. You know, you could you never need to get out of character. Like you start just making decisions as them. You start living your life as that character. So then when you're in a scene, let's say you accidentally knock a glass over, you're just going to react as that character instead of like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oops, broke character. Hey guys, real quick, we'll go back to one. Super sorry. No, it's just like whatever his character would do, he would just be that person. So there's, you know, there's benefits, but also like, well, let's say you're a rapist and then all of a sudden you're just uh, doing some super weird shit outside the set. Maybe you're not raping people, but you're just being really creepy. Right. Um, and you're like, nobody wants that. Um, <laughs> nobody, nobody needs that. I, I don't think. Um, like, what's the um, uh, the new Joker? What was his? Um, Heath Ledger? Uh, that's the old Joker. He was fucking incredible. Oh, uh, Jared um, Leto. Jared, oh, Jared. Jared Leto, okay, yeah. yeah. And then Leto. apparently he was very method on set and was like pulling really creepy weird pranks on people and stuff and and a lot of them were like dude stop like that's really creepy um don't don't do that so it, it just it seems annoying i don't know I've, I've only been on set with one of those people and it just i just stayed away from is them, it something like, that you can turn on and off like that though i guess that depends on the person completely because jared um, leto seems like a method person not necessarily just like a method right. actor yeah you know maybe maybe that's a good point maybe just certain people are more inclined to just be that type of actor and, and that, like I said, that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just that's not those, those are going to be the type of people that are more the inclined to, say, and gain a bunch of weight for a role or put their body through a bunch of extreme circumstances for a role, right? Right. They'll want to they'll want to have ex- very extreme things happen, I could imagine. Gosh. Where I'm, where I'm like, what if I cut my hair? And they're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be enough. And I'm like, but what if? And they're like, all right, we'll try it. I, I, this was something I just saw like a while back, but it was like an edit from – Django Unchained when Leonardo DiCaprio in the dinner where he smashes the glass on the table oh, with his yeah. hand. Cuts like, his hand and keeps going. Yeah, like all of that where the blood's running down his arm and all the glass in his hand, him picking out the glass, like that's real. Like mm-hmm. he didn't mm-hmm. mean to smash that glass. Uh, he's in the yeah, zone. That was, well, that's the thing, like especially if you know a character that well and you're just so into it, it's just kind of nuts. I mean, that's, that's true professionalism. Like you're just so into your character that you're not even going to break when you literally get your hand cut. I mean, that's wild. You know, I mean, I've done like stunts before and then you fall and you're like, you know, you're like, my ribs really hurt. I should keep going. And then, but it's not like I slashed my hand open or something. That takes it to a whole new level. A whole new level. Yeah. That's just wild. Okay. So I got a random question for you then. Not related to acting or anything, but I'd like to know what the best prank you have ever done is. Oh, you've asked them. Oh, man. Go ahead. Um, Oh, man. I don't... There's there's a few. All right, name me a trying couple. Th- All right. Uh, well, I'm trying to think. Oh, the worst thing I did. I tell you the worst prank I pulled, and it's not. It's the worst prank because I'm an idiot, but it's it's a super quick one. I like uh, my friend gave me a key to his house, and I like decided to like go inside and hide in one of his closets. Um, but I heard his car pull up, and at the time I heard his car pull up, I remembered that this certain friend of mine living in East Tennessee was a um a wild gun owner, and I was like, <laughs> oh my god. 
this isn't funny. He's going to shoot me. And then so I was like, but then I was trying to like, I was like, I have to get out of the closet and like just make a commotion. And I was like, no, that's a terrible idea. I should just stay in here. And I, I like had this panic attack. And and he was just, and he, so I heard him unlocking the door. And then so as soon as he unlocked the door and walked past the closet, I just screamed out, it's Carson, I'm in the closet. Don't shoot. Because <laughs> I was like, I just panicked. I was just like, I don't, there's nothing better I could do. And then he was, I like, and, but I, he still pulled his gun out. And I was like, oh my God. So I, and then he finally opened the door. And then he was like, what the fuck are you doing in here? And I was like, and I t- explained the whole thing. And I was like, I was going to, it was going to be a joke. I wanted to get a jump scare. I thought it would be great. But then I realized you had guns and I started panicking myself. And I didn't want to do anything. And then I, I, I think I pranked myself. I think I fucked up. I pranked myself. It was terrible. Worst idea ever. Do you have a sketch about that? No, but maybe maybe, maybe I should. Yeah, I'll, you I'll, might you might need one. Put that. I'll put that together and just gosh, yeah, prank gone wrong. Opposite, like Jesus. I, mean, I was terrified. I was like, here's where I die. I think I was. What was I like 21 at the at best? All I was like, I've been drinking all day, so I thought maybe that's why I was like, this will be great. Oh. He was at work. Man, poor choice. Poor choice indeed. So in all of the interviews and everything you've been through with your career, have you ever been asked this question? Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 (laughs) duck-sized horses? Oh, uh, I haven't been asked it, but I am quite the fan of the internet. And I would (laughs) far rather fight the 100 duck-sized horses. (laughs) And I say that because I've had a duck bite me. At a regular sized duck, so I can't imagine, imagine a, horse imagine a horse-sized duck fighting me. That'd be it'd be game over. There's no way to get out of that. I mean, and the the flippers on that thing—you can't outswim it. You can't outfly it. it. It's got sharp little razor teeth. Fuck that. I'm gonna fight the hundred of those little things. I have a I have a very swift right kick, and I'd like to imagine that I could get two or three of those little duck horse things out of here at at per kick. We're looking at 33 kicks in this fight. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> um, oh, uh, clearly, I had some nightmares about that that horse sized duck. I mean, that thing's a that thing's a terror. <laughs> that's gonna be, you know what? If I ever get into horror, that's gonna be my first horror movie. They're gonna be like in a swamp, and they're gonna be like, "Have you guys heard of it?" And they're gonna be like, "What? The Loch Ness monster?" Like, not that the duck and they're gonna be like what and it's gonna be this huge duck just murdering people it'll be awesome like a quiet yeah, exactly. duck really yeah right it's terrifyingly large you don't know what's happening it's always places yeah oh, kind of like, so like like sharknado but like duck yeah. horse it'd probably be only slightly better than that yeah barely better <laughs> sharknado is one of those moves where you're like damn it how did I not think of that? Right, right, five times. Like, like I don't. But even... then I'm, I'm kind of also like someone, literally someone in real life, went into a boardroom with this folder and was like, "I have an yeah. idea for a film, and I'd like to pitch it." <laughs> like that's that's a dude I want to know because that dude's got balls. He was like, and they're like, "Sir, I'm sorry, real quick, one more time. There are sharks in the tornado." And he's like, "I think I've made my point clear." And they're like, you know what, Rick? We love it. Let's go forward on this. Yeah. What? What's your budget? Two hundred million. Done. Yep. Absolutely. We'll we'll back this right now. How many boobs? Thirty-eight. If we can pop that to forty, we'll be fine. Thank you. Pretty much immediate. Yeah. You've been given an elephant. You can't give it away. You can't sell it. What's happening with this elephant? Where do I live? Do I still live in Hollywood? Yeah. Yes. 
Oh, oh, that's easy. We're going elephant rides down Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> down Which, Rodeo. to be fair, will get me some hate from the Animal Act. But I'd like to think it's better than just having an elephant in my front yard with nothing to eat. At least this way we get some, you know, people out there maybe feeding him. I don't know. I assume an elephant has to eat a lot every day. I can't I can't afford that right now. It's a lot for an elephant. I'm sure you could make some money off that elephant in Hollywood. Yeah, we're going to figure it out. We're going to have an elephant show. You want to go south, you see a different show. Up here, you see the elephant show it's not similar only the name (laughs) it's not similar just the name so (laughs) man what's next on the horizon for carson nicely um yeah right now um so i have a tv show coming out in november it's called blood relatives man congrats Um, thank you uh yeah we filmed that about uh two months ago um i play a character named adam and um it's kind of a little love triangle kind of thing with some murder involved um, but it's going to be on Discovery ID. It comes out around November 2nd, I think, around there. Um, so we have that coming out. I was just in a, uh, a feature film uh, called Last Three Days, playing a doctor. That's going to be coming out next year sometime. And then um, I will be acting in another feature film called Flint 6 uh, in later this year, um, which is, has to do everything about the Flint water crisis. Um, and it's a really amazing script um, that we're putting together um, so it's a guy named JJ Green that I met here in Los Angeles and he's so talented at what he does and he has this script um, we're going to hopefully start filming that later this year early next year but uh, that's kind of what's going on on the acting side and then for the um, media business that I have uh, we're pitching a lot of national clients currently and we have a couple national campaigns coming up that we'll be shooting behind the camera and putting together their winter campaigns or their fall campaigns um, so we'll be really busy throughout the next month and I'll be heading back to uh, Tennessee for a wedding next week so I get to come home for a little bit, head into the mountains and have some moonshine. <laughs> oh, yes. Nice. Yeah, mountains and moonshine. That's what a lot of people think of when they think of Tennessee. Exactly. And it feels good to me. It feels like home. <laughs> That's awesome. So Blood Relatives on the Discovery ID Network. You said it's mm-hmm. uh, coming on November 2nd, right? If I got that right. Yeah, it should be November 2nd. I mean, granted, that date could fluctuate a little bit, right. but sometime early November. But yeah, it's called Blood Relatives. Then playing the doctor in a feature film called Last Three Days. And That's coming correct. up in a film about the Flint the Flint water crisis called the Flint Six. Um, I, that brings me to a question really quick before we head out of here. Um, do you pick the scripts yourself, or does your agent know you so well about the things that both fit you and things that you'd be passionate about that he would pick scripts like that? Or does something like the Flint Water Crisis script come along and you're like, man, that's something I'd want to be a part of? Man, yeah, it's it's a lot of both. Um, so right now, kind of in the early uh, stages, um, you know, of kind of getting these bigger films, it, it's a lot of it is, hey, you're going to take what you get because unless it's something so weird that you're like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do a 90-minute tickle film. Right. Okay, maybe, maybe I will. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of it is, you know... I, I got lucky with, with meeting some of these people and they, they just have such a great script and you read it and you're like, I, I want to be part of this. Like, how do I be part of this? And, you know, they luckily they give you away. Um, but a lot of the time it's more of a kind of just throwing darts at the board right now. And, you know, since, since I'm not a name actor, you know, no one really knows who I am yet. So uh, once that changes, hope you'll have a lot more selection of what I can do. But for right now, it's you really just hope like, hey, man, I, I've been, you know, hoping to get some of these great films and I've been lucky to have some really fun projects come along. Um, that I've been able to be part of, and I, you know, I can't say that for everyone. A lot, of some some people get kind of typecast into being just in these terrible, terrible movies, and then they kind of don't really go anywhere. So I, I'd like to think that uh, some of these great projects that I'm involved with will uh, give me some legs to do other things. Well, listen, man, we we thank you a million times for taking time out of your day out there and the busy man that you are to to jump into the van with us for an interview really quick. This has been a whole lot of fun. You're amazing, Carson. Yeah. 
you guys rock, man. I appreciate you guys having me on and hope you guys have a great rest of your evening. Yeah, man. We wish you the best of luck with everything coming up to you. And we're going to make sure that we turn people on to the nicely made media and everything that you got going on. Good luck to you, brother. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Holy shit, that was a lot of fun. Good interview. Wow. That was fun. I want to make sure that we give that man his proper due. See him on YouTube, nice and fair. You see all his sketch comedy videos, nice and fair on YouTube. So I'm pretty sure youtube.com slash nice and fair, correct? Did I get that right, Hayden? Yeah. You're giving me the head nod. Nicely Made Media. Uh, that's his arts and entertainment company. You can see that at nicelymademedia.com. You can follow him on Instagram, both of those as is, at nicelymademedia.com, at nice and fair. That man was absolutely hilarious. Uh, that was so much fun. I wish him the best of luck in his upcoming movies and those shows that are coming out. I'm now a fan. I'm going to go back and look at all of those videos. All of our listeners should, too. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you think about Mr. Carson. Nicely go watch his stuff, and we're going to definitely catch you on the next one. Mm-hmm.